We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, Green Bay Packer fans, to this edition of Green Bay Packer Therapy here on the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Dan Kotnick. Thanks for joining us today. How are you feeling? I'm talking this very calm voice to try to bring us down and. And keep everybody centered. Obviously, we're going through a lot of emotions right now. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts here with me to share their emotions and their feelings in a strong, constructive way here in the trust nest that we've built on the Pack-A-Day podcast. And it's Matt Fralick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are you doing today? What are you feeling? <laughs> I'm doing a lot better now. That's like the funniest thing that's happened in the last 24 hours at intro. So <laughs> thank you for that, Dan. I, you, ca- you caught us by surprise there. Yeah, I caught myself by surprise. Yeah. I we like we were literally we just spent like ten minutes raging almost about everything, and then I hit that record button, and all of a sudden it was like I was it was like I was Will Ferrell in old school where I like blacked out, and I just had this I had this whole calm come over me. But that's what we need right now, right? Like this is like therapy. Like there's angry therapy sessions that have been going on for like the last 24, 48 hours on Twitter. And I've been a part of that for sure. But like now it's time to like, all right, it's it's time to come into the acceptance stage of our grief at this point now. So I feel a little soothing. Maybe I'll put like some, like a babbling brook sound beneath this. We can really bring it all zen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, what like 
it's we're we're recording this. It's almost literally like 24 hours post the final kneel down at Lambeau, which ended the 2020 season. How 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 much have you processed the game? Where like what what's the like what's the emotional roller coaster been like for you guys? Where are you at right now? I mean, I think I can speak for all of us and everyone listening who graciously takes time to listen to the Pack a Day podcast. Like we've been through this before, so like you should have a little bit of like let me open this drawer and here's how I cope for the next day week month you kind of you kind of have your like essentials like if you're going on like a road trip you're like oh i know what i need to grab like, like an emergency emergency plan. exactly yeah. thank you like that's what i kind of feel like i'm going through i mean this one's a little different and we'll get into that more but um definitely last night or su- excuse me sunday night like i pretty much avoided i think i just played madden for a few hours and watched some netflix or youtube and that was about it didn't really do much Twitter today definitely for the first half of workday was like super focused, not on Twitter. And then like towards the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna listen to some stuff about the game and about the Super Bowl coming up and whatever else. But um, it sucks. It's it's painful. Like because we invest, um, everyone invests a lot of time. Whether that's you just watch the game for three hours a week or you create content about it or you buy hundreds of dollars of merch to support your team or you go out in the cold and spend a couple hundred dollars on tickets to go to a game like it's everyone's invested in it somehow if you're a Packers fan or a sports fan so to get as far as the Packers did this year and get it ripped from your cold 18 degree wind chill hands at Lambeau Field it's really 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 bad Janelle you're quiet what's up <laughs> Hey, um, <laughs> we're over here. I know it's like, do I want to jump in? Do I not? Do I just kind of like sit here and stare at my computer screen and wallow? You're, you're a moderator of the therapy session. That's what it feels like. I mean, I feel like I've just been so. I'll zone out. Like last night after the wild game, I thought that would help make me make me feel better, and it didn't because they lost. And all of a sudden, I just like twenty minutes later, I'm like, "How long have I been watching World of Poker? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm just, like, I'm just, I don't know, doing everything I can to avoid everything. I think I'm in denial. Like, oh, the game hasn't happened yet. I'll wake up and then we'll actually go play this game and go to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm definitely riding all those like, what is it, seven stages of grief mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that, where. I'm like, okay, that really didn't happen. I'm really struggling to accept it. And now it's like, well, you know, there's a lot to look back on and be positive. But, you know, I also am mad and upset and sad. And the thought of having to watch a Brady-Mahomes Super Bowl just makes me want to throw up. But I, yeah, it's a good thing I didn't work today. I did not get out of bed till 2. And that's because I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I love your honesty. Yeah, I had a... yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had, a, I had a moment where I woke up and everything was fine. And then like 20 seconds later, after I fully woke up, it was like everything rushed back and I felt like I want to throw up. And I had to take I had to take my dog to the groomer this morning, like first thing in the morning. And I dropped her off and I was driving back home and I, like, I pulled up. I, I got at this like stoplight and like just out of nowhere, I just like did one of those things where I like, like I, I like punched the steering wheel like a couple times and like just screamed like 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 the F word like four times in a row. And I was like, all right, 
I'm done now. I, I, I've got that out of my system. I don't need to do that anymore. But yeah, geez, this is this was we got to stop. We got to stop meeting like this, yeah. you guys, because we did the same. We were in the same position last year where we had the episode, you know, the day or two after the NFC Championship game against the the 49ers. But Matt, you were kind of like mentioning this feels mm-hmm. different. This feels way different. This feels this feels way more like this feels way more like 2014 to me. Um, like last year, like last year in the Atlanta, like Atlanta game, what was that? 2016, mm-hmm. I think. Um, like the Packers were just happy to be right. there. Like the Packers were just happy to be in that situation. This year, though, they deserved to be there, and they deserved to compete. Like they they had the team. To comp- I, I will stand by this. They com- they could compete with any team out there. And really, last night, they did. Outside of, you could argue, outside of one bad quarter, the second quarter, outside of that, that team competed toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why this one, this one stings a little bit more. So, uh kind of want to talk about uh we'll process we'll process our emotions with you guys um i'm sure everyone listening has listened to 20 different things so far about everyone's emotions but we're going to give you ours as well for sure because this is what we get to do being on the podcast um but also we talk about a little bit about the fallout from that game what it means for the packers moving forward as we look now we're looking into the offseason we're looking ahead to the draft and everything else um so Guys, just what, what was – if you could pick one thing from this game that stuck out to you, um, you know, it could be a, a, a moment, it could be a theme, whatever. What what sticks out to you from that game? I think for me, and if it's one thing, I've tried to whittle it down. We were talking before we started, just like I feel like there's a lot of buzz that you try to just like – I even wrote it on my sheet. I'm like, don't – I want to – don't read into the emotional emotional reactions, whether that's your family, your friends, us, any other podcast you listen to, um, national media. Like, I'm trying to will it down to like the logical what actually happened. Like, I'm not gonna freak out and think Aaron Rodgers is demand a trade. Like, is it possible he doesn't play for the Packers next year? Yeah, anything's possible. I mean, hell, there was a world pandemic that just happened 11 months ago. Shit, anything's possible <laughs> at this point. But like. I think the one thing that it really comes down to is you saw Matt LaFleur as a second-year head coach kind of – I don't want to say kind of, but he definitely there, – there was a – it's kind of twofolded with like a lack of communication maybe, but more so like the lack of being aggressive and having that killer instinct. And I think when – you only can learn from these mistakes. You can never really like it. You kind of get lucky on your first shot, maybe having an, an instance like mm-hmm. that. And this is really his first opportunity. I mean, last year they had no business. I mean, I, I personally going to the Niners game last year is like, let's just don't get blown out. And well, that happened. But like th- this year, like Dan said, like they deserve to be there, man. Like from the way the offense was clicking, the way the defense was kind of figuring itself out. And I just think there was a, there was a point in the game Maybe on the second pick, the third pick, not really sure where. Maybe it's the end of the first half when they don't go down and try to get seven. Like, there was just this, I've only been here once, Matt LaFleur chance, and he's going back and through, and he's 
trying to get a play rushed in or he's trying to figure out if he's sending out special teams or not or whatever whatever the call is, challenging a play and just like kind of hadn't been through the motions yet of should I be aggressive here? Should I throttle it down back to two? Should I put it into fifth gear? And that was really the difference to me because it's different. The, the game is different, Dan, compared to whatever NFC championship letdown you want to talk about, 2007, 2014, 2016. It's different because you had Tom Brady, arguably the greatest football player of all time, undoubtedly the greatest postseason quarterback of all time, have him throw three picks and you can't like magnify off those picks. You can't exploit them and turn them into points or especially turn them into seven. And that's, that's the part that stings a lot because it makes me again, try not to be as emotional, but it makes me second guess certain things with this team. Um, and I, I think this is just a learning experience for everyone involved. Probably not Rogers. He's been through this before, but there's a lot of players on this team that haven't been through this before. Um, Matt LaFleur specifically. So let's, you know, use this as a learning experience, kind of reassess, figure out how we can get better. Um, and you just have to go back to the tape. I mean, Bruce Arians isn't this end-all, be-all great coach, but he's been in situations, right? Like he's been in postseason games with the likes of um, the Steelers, Peyton Manning, now with Brady. Like he's been in the trenches and done this. He's done this shit. So it's like you got to kind of tip your hat to Bruce. Um but overall, I think it was just the lack of aggressiveness if I had to sum it up to one one thing, which didn't really sound like one thing, but lack of aggressiveness. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm going to try and say one thing and it's going to turn into 20 like it usually does. But I think that's just because we're all still trying to really process what happened because yeah, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be playing in two weeks. They had everything they needed. This was really their year but you could definitely tell okay here's the gaps here's the issues especially when you're playing a team like this and I think definitely not having Bakhtiari was huge in this game until this game it was like yeah we can get by without him but man Billy Turner got played on that left side and I think like Rodgers yeah you can talk about oh well Rodgers maybe didn't have his best game and it's like yeah that's true but Rodgers also had much less time to work with like this this Bucks defense is really good and the media is probably not going to credit that because they have Tom Brady on that team and he's obviously the sole reason they won but this defense was really good and we really struggled against it even as a fantastic offense you know there's drops and maybe missed shots and stuff like that but you know Rodgers having that t- extra time to find open guys is so important and without Bakhtiari it it really showed. So that would definitely be one of the main things that I noticed. And I was gonna try and pick something positive, but man, did did we miss Debak yesterday? Yeah, I, Matt, I think you I think you almost nailed it. There is just the the lack of aggressiveness at, at key parts because. This defense didn't play aggressive for two halves. They played aggressive for one half. Mm-hmm. You know, they they played aggressive in, in the second half. Um, it, it's it's. I guess maybe what I'll say is it's not so much being aggressive, but it's playing smart. It's knowing who you are and playing smart. Um, in that first half, Mike Pettin goes 
man, like almost across the board, and Brady picks it apart, especially against Kevin King. That's something that I recognized on the very first drive. So, Mike, where were you? Like, you should recognize right away he's picking on Shannon Sullivan and he's picking on Kevin King. We either need to change up out of man, give them help, do do something different. I don't know what it is, but it's not working. Um, and and changed it or at least at least played better in the second half. We're getting pressure. They're getting picks. We're doing exactly what we need to be. You know, we need to be doing. And then on the offensive side, playing. I, I I've said this so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've I've said this and thought this. This offense works. The and the only time it never works is when they try to be something that they're not. Mm-hmm. When they try to play outside of themselves, not running the ball when they need to run the ball, not playing aggressive, forcing stuff to Devontae Adams just to for to make it work. You know, you're missing guys that are wide open for scores. You're costing yourself points. That's the, that's the stuff that that really grinds me is like just know who you are and do that. Like we we all know who you are. We've seen it. We've seen how it works. Like why why go away from it? And it, that's what's so frustrating is we know that you can be better. We know I, I I will admit right up and down. I think fullheartedly. I think this Packers team is bet is better than the Bucks. Uh, straight up and down. I'll take the the Packers over the Bucks anytime if the Packers play to their potential. And they didn't. They didn't in this game. They they cost themselves way too many points. They cost themselves way too many mistakes. They didn't take advantage of all the opportunities that they created for themselves, and that's where you're at now. So and it would be, it would right. be I think one we, thing too. <laughs> so I just want to put a yeah. maybe a bow on that. Like and to your point, like I would probably take the Packers, but like Janelle pointed out, like Billy Turner was exposed, and even a healthy Bakhtiar, I think limits the sacks, but it would, I mean, it, they would still have gotten after him. So I think maybe with a healthy Bakhtiari in there, I would, I would take the Packers. That's fine. Um, but to your point, Dan, about just like not playing outside of who they are, like there are, oper- there are times outside of a baseball game and a tennis match where you're, you're up against the clock, right? That's just like sports. So, mm-hmm. but you weren't up against the clock. You had, multiple possessions wasted where you didn't have to go four wide and leave Billy Turner and Rick Wagner on an absolute island against arguably probably, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say the two best pass rushers left in the left because there's still Chris Jones and Frank Clark out there, but like Shaq Barrett and JPP, those are solid rushers. And to put two maybe B tackles, I would, they're probably not C plus tackles on an Island and not have them get chipped is just like, that's stupid. Like you didn't need to do that. You needed to limit that pass rush and adjust. And back to your original point, if you Janelle and myself can see that Chandon Sullivan's getting picked on in the first two, three drives. And all of a sudden they go six for six on third down. You, Mike, you made some damn good adjustments come halftime, but you probably should have done that. Maybe, maybe I'll let you get past it through the first quarter. After that, let's let's start adjusting um, to what they're doing. And they clearly, clearly, the the blueprint from Bruce and Tom Brady was let's go after Chandon Sullivan when we can't. Let's go after Kevin King. Um, and again, obviously, you're not going to show it, throw it towards Jair, but yeah, uh, play within yourself. Yeah. yeah, there was like 
that kind of posed the question for me too. We can see these DBs getting picked on. Like Kevin King had a weird game. He would he would completely blow a play out of the water, and then he'd go make a great tackle up at mm-hmm. the line. It was really, really strange of him. Um, but definitely the ones he gave up were were huge game changers. But you got guys like King, Redmond, Sullivan, and you're like, where's Tremont Williams? Great like question. I'm sorry, but it got to a point where it's like, what could he possibly like? Uh, charge these like he's not going to do any worse damage than what is happening out there he's smart enough where yeah maybe he is doesn't have the young speed anymore but he's smart enough to know oh hey this is what's coming this is what i gotta look for so his his brain can maybe get him up to speed to run these routes and i don't know i think like the hype of signing him and then to not see him take a single snap out there was really disappointing because it was like these dudes are getting picked on. Redmond drops an interception that could have been a game changer and King obviously giving up huge plays and just kind of, it felt like a lack of effort from half the DBs out there. Like you got guys like Savage, Amos and uh, Jair who playing lights out, playing a great game, but then you got the other side who they don't look like they know what they're doing. Just, so it's really, yeah. really frustrating. When, what? Sorry. No, no, no. You're totally fine, Janelle. And I was going to say like, what was Tremont like? The, the was he the victory cigar? Like was he just like the yeah we got Tremont Williams let's rally around him like, but like Chandon. Right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like, was he supposed to be like, a, oh, well, we got him, so that should give you incentive to play better? Like, no, at this point, like, don't just make him a piece of the coaching set. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if they flashed to him at all during that game, if we even saw him uh, on the sideline. But I don't know if I did. my gosh, like, what what is the point of bringing in this guy who knows what it takes to win it all mm-hmm. and then to just leave him there collecting dust? It was that was really frustrating because it got to a point where it's, you know, things aren't happening. What's the worst that could happen if you put this guy out there? Who who knows? Maybe they're like, oh, well, Tremont's out there now. Maybe we got to be a little bit more careful. And then, like, I I don't know. There's just so much that you could really pick apart that went wrong in this game. Mm-hmm. And But that was just really frustrating to me because Tremont, he's one of my favorite players in the league. And when we got him back, I was like, yes, this is awesome. He's going to be a huge puzzle piece for the, for the defensive backs. And then nothing. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. 
Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I, I, I will... I will respectfully push back on the Tremont Williams uh, hype. Uh, and trust me, I, I'm the guy I'm the guy that before my show on Wednesday on Game On Wisconsin put together the two-minute hype video to I'm Coming Home of Tremont, of, of Tremont Williams, you know, best plays from his career as a Packer. I, I love the guy. I thought the signing was – I think it was savvy and it was, it was, it was smart. But – I I did I did not expect to ever see him take the field on a defensive snap. It, I it would have to it, for me it would have had to have been bottom of the barrel like guys are getting hurt or there's some scenario where we're desperate to put you into the game because I mean I I, I understand that he's he's a veteran and he's been around the league and he, he knows what he knows what the jobs are but he. I, and I can't remember he was he played did he play one year with the Packers when Petten was here I believe so right yeah. with the last year of McCarthy mm-hmm. yeah so I don't know how much gets changed between now and then but you know coming in basically I think the first day that he was officially in the the building or in meetings was probably Friday maybe maybe Thursday like. They're, they're just – I just never – I could never foresee a scenario where a guy comes in basically basically after playing in a, a completely different system and, you know, say here's, here's this new system, different terminology, different players. The, all the players that you're playing in front of have different playing styles than the ones that you've been playing with for the last two years. Here you go. Um, I – I get the I get the sentiment about Will Redmond making the mistakes and stuff like that, but like at least at least with the the like the Will Redmond drop of that interception, he's in that position because he is understanding what the defense is. You know what I mean? So so I I don't know how much I put into I I'd put into that for Petten. I just the Tremont thing made me feel more like this is a savvy move for this defense if they. If they win and we make it to the Super Bowl, now we have two more weeks to get him integrated into this defense if we want to put him in into different packages, into different looks. And, you know, we're kind of – it's just that – it's basically if you have the ability to grab that guy to put him on your team, you do it, like regardless, you know. And and then it's up to the coaching staff to be able to kind of figure out where he fits in. And they – I just don't know if he was able to fit in anywhere. I was – Honestly, I was more surprised he didn't fit in on special teams. Right. Anywhere. Right. I was just I agree um, with both of you. Like it you see the guys struggling, right? And I don't know if Tremont's the answer. I, I think that would be 
little bit wild to think that a guy that that old's the answer that you're going to sign him off the street essentially. But like, then I'll ask Dan the question, and maybe Janelle can chime in. But like, why the hell would you sign the guy then? Like, I don't get the point. If he's not going to contribute on the 53 man roster, and you activated his ass, what's the point? Like, I I well, never like, expected like him to contribute, said, like, but like, it, why why would you sign him just to give it three weeks and then he might contribute when you get to Tampa Bay? Like potentially, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, I, I no, I actually I, I think that that's that's exactly I think that's exactly what they were what the okay. thinking the thinking probably is, you know, is is they understand they the the coaching staff for as much as we malign Mike Petton, he understands who the players are. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he understands what the limitations are of the defense and you know, trying like trying to do the best that he can with the players. I, I I'll give him that. I don't think he's a complete, you know, moron just, you know, throwing darts at the board. I think he's I think he has, you know, somewhat of a semblance of it. I just don't necessarily agree with all the decisions he makes. That said, he he knows who the players are out there. He knows what their capabilities are. He knows that they know the plays and the adjustments that they're going to be making. And, you know, he trusts them to be that if he's going to put them in a position, they're going to execute what he wants out of that role out of that position with with Tremont Williams coming in just that that quick like coming in on Thursday like you don't have a, you did not have any like you haven't worked out with any of the players yet you haven't I'm, I'm guessing he probably didn't even meet any of those players on the team outside of a virtual capacity until the game on Sunday or at some point close to the game on mm-hmm. Sunday like he he just wasn't in there. He doesn't know adjustments. He doesn't know the, the whatever the terminology is or, or whatever it is yet. I think he was he was a stash and hope that something happens and we get to use him in the Super Bowl. Uh, or or if there's an emergency situation, we have a guy that we are somewhat familiar with, and it's better than trusting you know uh, Joe Schmo off the sure. off the practice squad kind of thing, you know. But I, I like, and I don't want to come off as like I'm bashing anybody that was angry or about you know not seeing Tremont Williams because I was excited as hell for it. I, I was I was right there with you, but I, I never expected to see anything anything along that. But kind of uh, transitioning from that, let let me let me use that as kind of a springboard to talk about the repercussions from this game. I think the biggest one has to be guys, right? That. This is the last time we ever see Mike Patton in a, wearing that that hoodie on the sidelines in Green Bay, right? Like the the nail in the coffin is is that last second throw, and you put put it on King, but put it and putting on Patton or whatever. But like that that's an that's an inexcusable play, and to let it happen in that situation, you were already on the hot seat, I think. Mm-hmm. This uh, uh, everything that comes out of this game, whatever it is, that has to be numero yeah. uno. No, I totally agree. And we we talked before the podcast, and I was thinking about this today. Like, I don't want to get into the. I'm just going to be transparent. I don't want to get into the specifics of like players that might not come back and stuff because it's still fresh. But like, right, the one that's been <laughs> long overdue, uh, player, front office personnel, coaches, is been Mike Pettin. And there's just been so many instances where. You can blame Kevin King for that one play more. I mean, you could probably give him – that's probably Kevin's fault, to be honest. But the coach is putting him in that position to play one-on-one coverage. On the other hand, Kevin should probably understand the scenario. Uh, eight seconds left. 
Um, Scotty Miller's probably, I mean, he's no Mike Evans, Chris Godwin across the middle, but he's fast. He's a burner. So get over the top of him, cover the outside because he might run a, a deep ball or I mean, he might run an, an out route and possibly get to you, but like, don't play inside leverage when you have one single high safety. Like it doesn't make sense, but there's, you take that one play aside that still doesn't negate the absolute just like dismantle and just falling apart of the Mike Petton defenses over and over and over. And just the repetitive, like I've said, I said this all off season. I noticed not a single acquisition besides Billy Wynn and I guess now Damon snacks, Harrison and the random guy, Tra- Trayvon Hester who contributed the double doink to stop the to stop the run defense and like we never that was never addressed and again you could say oh well front office didn't want to go out and get those guys they didn't want to pay for an inside linebacker other than christian kirk's they didn't want to pay for a, an interior defensive line it was too expensive to go get this this and that guy but like at the end of the day like that's still mike Petton's team like he can hit you know slam the table and say goody i need this guy we got to go get, trade up for this guy we can spend a you know can trade up in the draft we can go pick a guy up, whatever it is. But like to think you were able to, you were going to be able to stop the run as effectively. And they did, but there was just other elements that lack throughout the entire year. And we've seen that many, many times. Um, I, I just, there's been players all, all the time that just seem frustrated in that defense. Like I just, I, I'm trying to look back as just through the years. And like, I'm trying to remember if there was ever a time where I was very, very like happy with Mike Patton. And I think there's been like pockets, but it's just like when he gets so comfortable and like, I I don't know what the answer is, but I think he's the first one to go. I mean, he's been the one that's left over from Mike McCarthy. Um, I, I just think he's, it's an easy get rid of him and you can kind of reassess the defense. And I think, Again, we're not going to name names, but there will be – I mean, both sides of the ball is going to have changes, obviously, just like any sport, just like the rest of the 32 teams that once they get done with the season, even the Super Bowl champions are going to have a turnover. But I think this is a the one that's – it's just been long overdue and it's like a, a bad breakup that just needs to happen. Yeah, and the defense, they did play really well and they had some spots that obviously needed to be addressed. But, I mean – what was the one thing that they needed to do was pressure Tom Brady. That mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. And he scrambles. And what, they had five pressures, I think. Kenny Clark gets the sack as he's like falling down. And there just wasn't the pressure. And I don't know, maybe they just have this phenomenal offensive line where it's it might as well just be a brick wall that you can't get through. But it's like, you need to be getting after him. He's in his 40s. He can't move around. Like, he's relying on that protection and staying in the pocket. And all you had to do was put a little bit of pressure on him. When Preston Smith had that gap where he could have charged him, what did he do? He threw it right into the ground because he <laughs> saw Preston Smith was going to charge at him, and he panicked. So that is a huge piece that this defense needed to do. And that, like, that's on Penton. You need to rush more guys. And then also, why, like, two 12-men on the field – that is just unexcusable. Like, I don't think they've had that call all year. And that the first one where there's guys scrambling, running back and forth, it's just like, I have never seen such a cluster of confusion from this defense before in that moment. And that was that was kind of a turning point. I'm like, do they know what they're doing? Are they scrambling? Like, what is going on? And it made us look 
exposed. It made them look like they didn't know what they were doing, that they were panicking, that they didn't know how to stop Tom Brady and his offense. And that was just one of those things where it's like really can't even get the number of guys in the field that you need. Like nobody knows their assignment. Nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody is rushing around. And so I think those were two two huge things on the defense that really stood out to me kind of more uh, steering away from the DBs because realistically the only people who are not at fault for this loss are MVS and Mason Crosby. Other than that, everybody else really had mistakes and stuff like that. So I don't know, Petten, I'm just sick of this defense and not being aggressive. That's where we kind of go back to Matt's point about being aggressive. This like be aggressive up on the line. You have the tools to get to Tom Brady, why are you not using them? So that, like, I could just say it all day, you know, it's the one thing that you really needed to do. But when you give Tom Brady all that time, he's going to make you pay for it. And and they did, even though he didn't have that great of a game because he did throw those three picks. It's still, I think one of those picks came off of pressure. So mm-hmm. you really have to get to him. And every everybody knows that. And we've seen other teams do it. It's just really frustrating that, we couldn't draw something up to disrupt Tom Brady's flow of things. And so the one they did, that the was, one they did, you know, the pressure one, that was savage off the edge too. Like that was such a great yeah. design play and you're bringing an extra guy, but. And then to only run it once. Like, at the end of the game. <laughs> okay, right? well it worked once. I guess we're done with it. Exactly. And it's like the four, the four down linemen are like the four rushers. It was just like, okay, dude. Like, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm just trying to watch the, see if the pocket's going to collapse. And I'm like, one second, two. I'm like, no, it's like once you get to two and a half seconds, it's out of Brady's hand. And like, it looked like it was going to get there a couple of times, but like, no, like they don't have the best offensive line in the world. They're, they're pretty solid, but like they made any offensive lineman wants to play for Tom Brady though. Right. Cause like shit, like I'm never going to give up sacks. I don't have to worry. I mean, I have to block my guy on a, on a pass protection for three seconds at most. And if not, he's going to find a check down or he's going to, he's going to go through his progression. So, um, Clearly, Janelle and I agree, and I think Dan's uh, Dan, Dan is is Mike is Mike Petten. He's, he's going to have to take a seat. Just t- take a seat, Mike. We're going to have a discussion real quick. Is that how it's going to go? Yeah, bring your playbook. Coach wants yeah. to talk to you. Um, here's here's my thing about this. Um, I, I, I I I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I will say, you know, Matt, like to play devil's advocate with mm-hmm. you, like I think they. I think they did do a lot to help this defense. Like if you go back, go back to, you know, the first year they, you know, they invest in Amos and the Smith brothers, Rashawn Gary in the first round and, and, and Darnell Savage, you know, as well in the same round, like that's, that's a pretty heavy investment. And I think that they, it paid off this year as Mm -hmm. Savage and Gary got better. And, um, you know, I, I think that they were they were in a tricky situation. I, I don't know who they could have added. I think that they did address it somewhat because I think Kamal Martin, I, he got hampered by injury. Uh, you know, sp- uh, spent a little time, you know, not being able to play, so that hampers you a little bit. But I think that they did. I think that the Kamal Martin thing was a pure pick of this is going to help address the run because I think that's like kind of, that's kind of his only For thing. Sure. I'll, get, I'll give you that. Cause that's, that's down, exactly you know, what I, I said. Yeah. They should have addressed it in the draft of the late round pick. Well, they, they did Matt, So that's a, that's a bad take. Cause Kamal Martin, well, uh, the thumper, uh, no, no. but what I'm saying, what I was saying is they didn't address it this past off season with the, like clearly they couldn't yeah. stop the run. Like that's been a thing forever. And it even was exposed to the regular season. But to your point, 
and maybe you're getting to that, like they've added resources to this defense. They gave Mike Pettin these shiny new yeah. cars, the Smith brothers, the and, Amoses, the Savages, the, the Garys, et cetera. And like, what did you do with it? Right. And, and that right there is my, is my point is, is my, my ultimate point with it is okay. Pettin, your first, your first year, throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy got fired, whatever. Second year under Matt LaFleur. He gives he basically comes in here as your new stepdad and buys you a brand new oh, car yeah. to win you over. You drove it into a tree. <laughs> you know. He he has so much talent. There is so much talent on this defense that is not exploited to the best of its ability. That that was the issue early on in the season, especially in that that first Tampa Bay game. He, I never saw him be creative with the players that he has. He has so so much talent. It wasn't until he started moving Savage around down into the box more as almost like a, a nickel rover kind of safety position where he started balling out in the second half of the season. Why weren't you doing that earlier? Preston Smith was struggling. You have Rashawn Gary who – should probably be, be getting more snaps in front of Preston Smith because he's a young player you're trying to develop. Doesn't do that until later on in the season, and finally Gary starts to come on because you're giving him more chances to shine. There's there was there was talent here, and I think that that was that's his biggest crime is take the scheme out of it, take whatever out of it because I think that stuff you can you can argue to your blue in the face about well, does this scheme or this whatever work. Petten's biggest crime is he had he he wasted the talent that he had by not exploiting it to the best of its ability by not putting them in the right position to be able to create ergo putting Kevin King in a man coverage with a Will Redmond single high safety in a Hail Mary situation mm-hmm. that is that you should be taken in front of the Hague for that kind of crime it's it's inexcusable and that that's that's my biggest thing speaking of uh, we we kind of we've kind of we've uh beaten around this bush a little bit we don't want to talk about the future of the the players that are on this team right now because like you said Matt literally anything could happen at this mm-hmm. point where they they've I don't even think they've cleaned out their lockers yet at this point um but Moving forward after this game, after what we saw in this game against the Patriots, Jesus, against the Patriots, <laughs> talk about a Freudian slip of all slips, um, against the Buccaneers and also the season as a whole. Moving into the offseason, what is the place to address? Is there is there a one spot that you would say, like if you could pull the trigger right now, and I could find, I could go out and I could grab the impact player, regardless of salary cap, you know, fit into scheme or whatever. If you could find one position to just pull the trigger and get a, an immediate upgrade on, what is it for you guys after what we saw from the this season? Well, as, as much as I like to say, I haven't. Well, we're not going to talk about this podcast. I've definitely started looking into it, and I was looking into the last few weeks at certain positions. Um, I will eat all the crow and say that not getting a first or second round receiver was super impactful for the Packers, and it really wasn't. I mean, end of the day, 
you, it doesn't matter. Brady's a prime example of that. Aaron Rodgers is a prime example of that. You can give me whoever the hell you want, and I'm going to turn them into superstars. And Rodgers has done that throughout his entire career. So it doesn't matter if we're lining up Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Devin Funches when he decides to play football again, Devontae Adams. He's only going to make these people just so much greater. And Robert Tanyan's another example of that, 11 touchdowns. But um, I don't need a receiver. I think I'm, I'm in between two of them, guys. It's either an offensive tackle or a cornerback. Um, cornerback, kind of because I, I kind of like some names in free agency. I don't know if they go that route, but there's some decent guys out in the, the draft class. Um, specific name, I don't really have one, Dan. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably go corner just because we saw what happened yesterday with just the overall depth outside of Jair. So I'm going to say a cornerback. Um, that might be the wrong take. I feel like every year I'm saying a defensive backfield guy, but <laughs> for right now, I guess uh, you're you're hitting me a couple of you know a day after the the, the meltdown here. Yeah. I, I I would go quarterback at the cornerback at this point. Oh my gosh, you pan! I thought you said quarterback. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Um, yeah, there's definitely. Oh gosh, like. The the thing is, is that this is the most solid this defense has been in a while. You know, past years it was like, oh, we need linebackers and nose tackles and cornerbacks and safeties and a coach, like all this stuff. So it's like it's nice to see that this team has kind of kind of finally come together where it's a little bit harder to nitpick where you need it because um, the talent's there in a lot of these categories. Um, can I say punter? Oh, <laughs> definitely, need, <laughs> definitely need a new punter. Um but no, I think with Bakhtiari, I mean, it's an ACL. He will miss a good chunk of the season, and you don't know where Lindsley lies. So they maybe will have to go offensive lineman in the first round. I, I don't know, but that that's definitely – it all depends on Lindsley, I think. But either way, I think you have to add a little bit of depth to the line just because you know – like, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that Bakhtiari will miss a good chunk of time with that mm-hmm. recovery. He's not superhuman. He's not going to be back by September. That's just not how these things go. He hurt him. He got hurt too late in the season. Uh, so I think that's definitely going to be a target. I still am into, like, the inside linebacker position. I think – and it depends on, you know, whoever they bring in after Petten because it sure as hell shouldn't be him next year. But utilizing those players, too, once you get them, making sure you're using them correctly and actually applying the pressure. Um, the backfield, I'm not as worried about. It feels like they're finally in a good spot. A lot of young talent back there, too, so I don't have to worry too much. But, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt either because that position kind of struggles with the injuries. So, yeah, I guess linebacker, offensive line, uh, maybe DB position are kind of the main focuses and then go find a punter in free agency or something because <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I tried to defend you, J.K. Scott, but <laughs> I think I have to hop off the train at this but point. But Ganell is coming for your neck and your temps license, J.K. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, Janelle. I think like I think you you could lose your teaching license <laughs> if you assault a minor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's the one person that I look older than on this team, so I have to I have to bully him a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think for me, if if it was a like a golden gun kind of thing, where you know, pull the trigger, you get exactly what you want, no questions asked, immediate impact. For me, it's the defensive line. 
I think. Um, like if there is, and I, and this is, this is the big thing too, is it's going to be so hard to like prognosticate what they're going to do in the off season, because right now with the way the Packers sit, the, they, they're in cap mm-hmm. hell. Um, you know, there's so many impactful players that probably we don't see back, like we said. So who knows what they're even going to be able to do outside of just drafting players, you know? Um, so for me, if there was if there was a way to get some kind of impactful player to sit right next to Kenny Clark on the defensive line, for me, that's the big one. Because as as much as I just ragged on Kevin King, if you give if you put him in a position where he where the quarterback is not not playing a perfect game, you know, we, we've seen it a couple times, like especially late in the game, when that pressure is really starting to get there, uh, you know. The, they're playing with their ears pinned back. It, it's it's much more aggressive. He play he can play like much more aggressive. He he can get in there and use his reach to to knock stuff away. So you need to be able to rush with four guys. You don't you need to be able to do that without bringing a blitz. The Bucks were able to do that. Um, the Bears have been able to do that. Uh, and spots like like that's how that's how successful defenses win is start from the middle if you can win with four guys up front like that then the rest the rest can kind of figure itself out and you've pretty much got the rest of it figured out when you've got um uh oh shoot not ty summers is the name that i'm trying to think of um chris barnes chris barnes uh You've got Chris Barnes sitting in the middle. Kamal Martin, you know, we should see somewhat of a, an increase from him. And then from there, you've got two of the better safeties, you know, one of the better safety tandems, Jay Alexander, and then fill in cornerback, you mm-hmm. know, rookie cornerback, uh, whoever you want to want to throw in there. And that's a pretty solid defense. Like that, that secondary, that second level can handle themselves if they if the front line is doing its job and. And I just saw too many times this week against the Bucks of Tyler Lancaster and Dean Lowry getting stood up, you know, stood up and walked around. There's just there's just way too much of that. And Kenny Clark, he's he's been able to do it by himself at times, but man, like that just helps so much more else out on the defense. If you can just have another impact guy like that on on the side of Kenny Clark to take care of that. that that's that's my big one but i think all the all the ones that you guys mentioned too there's there's definitely spots for uh spots for improvement i, well, I will say I, go, I, go ahead Janelle. i was just gonna say i just kind of thought of something um they they might have to target running back in the draft oh yeah yeah 100%. We, we don't know aaron jones and jamal williams their future and i'm honestly pissed that aj Dillon didn't see more time because he he was playing well in that that third quarter that they actually let him touch the ball. Yeah. So, I that that frustrated the hell out of me because they they went too pass heavy and that really kind of kicked him in the balls. But uh-huh. yeah, might really have to invest in a running back because we we just don't know. Again, like we're making all these assumptions without really knowing what's going to happen. But it's it's a good possibility that they have to either free agency or. Um, in the draft, find find a young stud running back to kind of complement AJ Dillon. Hundred percent, yeah, and yeah, yeah, you're right. The running backs, you know, I feel like you always you always take one in the draft. You know, it's kind of like offensive linemen. I feel like because you just always need to have something, some kind of pipeline 
because the, sh- the shelf life for them is so short that you, you're always going to need to be replacing, you know, guys like that. I will say, uh, as we ser- we sort of get to the end of this here, my my dream scenario, my dad and I have been talking about this for two years now. We've been talking about this. And everyone at home, write this down right now. And when the draft comes around in April, when this happens, you can come render praise unto Caesar for this, okay? Josh Myers, center out of Ohio State, from my hometown of Miamisburg. Oh, not, not my hometown, but right next, right next to, right next to my hometown. <laughs> Miamisburg, center for Ohio State, coming into the draft this year, projected to be a late first round guy. Who's another center for Ohio State that came to the Green Bay Packers, had a lot of success? Corey Lindsley. Josh Myers comes in, takes the takes the baton, walks away into the sunset, and we we are blessed with another another dawn of Ohio State linemen on the Green Bay Packers. Mark it down now, everybody. You can get your Josh Myers jerseys now from the pro shop. You can't see me, but I'm banging my head against my desk. <laughs> <laughs> As if, like, I'm not in enough emotional pain. Dan's up here hyping up these Buckeyes players, and it's making me even well, more nauseous than I already was. But now, like, the, the joking of the Ohio State stuff, the Ohio State fandom aside, like, that that scenario, it becomes much more plausible now at this point. Because, I mean, yeah. because to be like, fair, I felt the same way when I saw that they drafted a gopher. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> this guy? And now Kamal Martin's one of like a huge right. defense. So right. I don't know. Maybe they just need to draft people that I hate and then make that, me love them there, in a green and gold jersey. <laughs> we'll just feed off of Janelle's hatred of the rest of the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not no. a badger? Get out of here. You gotta you gotta <laughs> earn it with me. <laughs> uh no, that that's just that's my I, I that that was one of the first things I thought of was Bakhtiari down, Corey Lindsley uncertain late first round pick Josh Myers from Ohio state sitting there. That would be a pretty sweet deal. Um, and it would make up for a lot. Like we having to watch Jordan love get picked in the first round and then spend a summer of defending that pick to everybody. How about just give me a pick that I can enjoy straight up. Brian Gutekunst. I would appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we kind of uh, wrap this up here. Final thoughts on let, let's just say final thoughts on the whole, the whole season. Uh, I mean, after it ends like this, it's been a hell of a ride in in the middle of this whole season. Uh, final thoughts on on everything that's happened here with the Green Bay Packers in the 2020, 2021 season. So I'm going to get logical and then a little emotional. Logically, uh, All right. incredible that there was a season. Um, honestly, yeah. you go back 10 months ago and the thought of there being, I mean, besides a few hiccups with certain teams, really this season went a complete success from the top down throughout the NFL for the Packers. You got to the same point you did last year, um, same outcome. And we, uh, everyone thought you had a better team. So that sucks. Um, but truly it was, it was a fun season. Um, but fun doesn't put Lombardi trophies back in 1265 Lombardi Ave. Um, and realistically and logically that's, Three more years left on Rodgers' contract, Goody's contract, Lafleur's contract. So you're two out of five years in. 
where does that kind of leave you? And I think that's why you saw so much raw emotion from Aaron Rodgers on his press conference, just understanding that the, the, the clock is ticking a little bit. Father time is undefeated. Um, so that's the logical part. Emotional part, not to get too sentimental, but being able to record these podcasts with you two is so much fun. I can't pick two better people to do this with because I know <laughs> since I met Janelle, she mentioned this a few months or a few weeks ago when she was still in college. We met, recorded a podcast, and d- we're discussing the running back group of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Devontae Mays, and God only knows who else was there in Lambeau Field. Probably like Dexter Williams. Or something. Yeah, well, it was even before that. <laughs> um, and then Dan, I think you and I have just grown a better friendship with us last year, and I know I've had conversations mm-hmm. with both of you outside of the Packers, and I just, I'm very thankful for these relationships we've had. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get to a game together. That'll come in due time, but um, I'm excited to at least talk about the offseason, the draft, reminisce about the good times of the season, but we'll sit back. Maybe we need another therapy session off off camera, off off mic, <laughs> but we'll get back to uh, the successful ways. Yeah, and Matt kind of took a small piece of what I was going to say, but yeah, just being able to come on here, I'm grateful as hell to be able to have you guys as uh, fellow hosts and just everything that the Packaday podcast has given us andy herman phenomenal guy doesn't get enough credit he won't accept the credit because he's too humble for that Mm -hmm. but just being able to come on here and kind of either bask in a win or sulk in a loss it's it's fun to be able to have this kind of platform to come talk to all of our listeners about but yeah this this season was like most an emotional roller coaster and i i had a lot of fun like aside from the Super Bowl year, like this year was so fun. The it just felt different. Everything that was going on, like the vibe was just so good and these guys just seemed to be having so much fun and really connecting. I can't think of the right word for it, but just that chemistry that they seemed to build and even like off the field, everything that was happening with the Pat McAfee show and everything just felt so good this year. And I think that's what makes it so tough is it's like everything kind of felt like it was coming together for this like perfect Cinderella story for the Packers. And then just to kind of have it taken away like it was yesterday, it's just it's rough, but we'll get through it like we do every year. It's not like it's the first time we've ever lost an NFC championship (laughs) game, but, you know, you finally get it at home. and It's it's just so rough. And you can probably hear in my voice, I'm not very happy right now. But it's just like every year we get to watch the Packers is I love it. Like I'll ride or die with this team. 0 and 16 or Super Bowl champs. I'm just going to bask in the glory that is the season and really just enjoy the time that we have left with Aaron Rodgers because, yeah, he made some comments. What we take out of that, I don't know, but he he's magical to watch out there. And I'm just going to I'm just going to be thankful for the time that we've had here and hopefully many more years to come with him. Yeah, this team was so fun to watch, and I'm just—it's—it just feels like it was ripped away from us. The ending that we felt like they deserved, so that it's disappointing. But you know, a lot to look forward to. I think that you know, for Matt Lafleur's second year to go back to back thirteen and three NFC Championship games, I I think they're hopefully taking the right steps to kind of finally bust through. Like this this championship games just seems to be the kryptonite, the hump that they can't get over, and. Next, I feel like next year it's got to be the year. Oh yeah, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. If they get to this point again, maybe he does leave, and there's just yeah, it not the ending we 
felt like we deserved sure as hell not the ending that they deserved everything that they do for us the fans like honestly at the end of the day who cares what we think this is what they love to do this is their job and like don't go out there and yell at them pick on them because they failed you or something like they're they're not doing it for you at the end of the day realistically like they want the championship for themselves too so yeah of course they're going to be disappointed don't go out there and harass them on twitter or whatever some people like to do but just just enjoy everything that this season was and realize it could be worse. We could be Bears fans, you guys. So yeah. just, just remember that and just enjoy that. Like Matt said, like we're lucky we even had a season and we're seeing it all the way till the end. So yeah, disappointed as hell with how it ended, but very, very grateful for the season that we did get to watch. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll echo all of you guys' points straight up and down on everything. Can't believe that we got to watch an entire football season for the Green Bay Packers that really only had one incident that put a game or season in jeopardy Mm -hmm. for the Packers. Other than that, there were almost no issues whatsoever. Um, You know, outside of outside of no fans being at the games, it felt like watching a regular season and that in in the middle of a global pandemic, Argue the merits of playing football in the middle of that or not. That's not the point. The point is that it happened and we got to watch it and it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, Everything you guys said about the season just being special, the team feeling special, the the off, like the gold zone stuff. This team was having fun. This team, like this team was just playing so well. And it's it's just a real shame that it ends like the way that it did in, in just such a disappointing fashion. And, you know, on top of it all, like this whole season has just been special that, uh, you know, I get to continue working with you guys. You know, I've, like you guys said, you started out working as, as a pair and then I got thrown in, you know, I feel like, I, I feel like I got shoved on you guys. And so to come in and, and be able to create the connection with you guys and to make it sound, you know, as great as we have and, and be able to do this as well as we do. It's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I feel like from here, all three, all three of us have been able to grow exponentially this season through, through what happened with the pack a day podcast. It all started right here. We've been able to have so many opportunities this year, especially, um, and then Matt, heck, we Matt, we got to even meet in person and do a show we live together in the middle of a freaking global uh-huh. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- this season will always stick out. This this season was so much fun to be a part of, regardless of how it ends. Uh, always appreciate that you, we got to watch this season. You know, it's it's never about it's never about finishing the season with a championship. It's about just sitting back and enjoying the show, man. Like we're all disappointed that it didn't end with a championship. You can be angry, be loud, whatever. But if you really can't sit back after this season and just enjoy the hell out of what we just watched for, you know, five months or so, go go watch bowling or something. Like this isn't for you. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be satisfied. Go find something else. So that that's that's our sentiment. I think we've summed it up pretty good. Um, before we go any further, guys, and and, and take this take this, uh, I think we only booked this this therapy session for an hour, so we got to finish up here before we get charged for a second hour. Um, 
<laughs> uh, let people know uh, where people can find you out on social media if they want to continue this conversation or or wallow with us a little bit more. Anything you guys want to promote, man? Definitely. Uh, you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Um, keep listening to us, all, the entire team on uh, Pack-A-Day podcast through the offseason as we all grieve and pick ourselves up off the ground, look at free agency, look at where this team's at, the draft, get ready for the schedule to come out, everything. Um, you can also find work that I'm doing at PackersWorldwide.com. I'm not sure what our off-season plans will look like with limited content out there, but um, if you, any questions about the Packers, always tweet at me or DM me. I love going back and forth all the time with people that have ideas about content they want to produce or just mix it up with people that have different opinions than I do. I'm always I'm always about that life when it comes to the Packers. Um, Janelle, I know you got some cool stuff going on. What's What's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so you can follow along with me at Big Mac underscore four on my Twitter. Um, yeah, football season's over, so expect a lot of hockey. <laughs> uh, you can, and I also have a, a new hockey podcast, the First Line Podcast. That if you're into that kind of stuff, you can follow over at the Say It Again Network, and we have our own little um, social media. You can follow on Twitter at SIA First Line. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, this it's kind of just now hitting me. Like this episode is kind of like our little bow on the season. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it makes me really sad and it's kind of starting to hit me like damn, the season's over, but we got a lot more to look forward to. So it's not like it's my last episode with you guys. It just kind of it kind of like feels like that almost every time the season ends and I really wish we would not get stuck doing these episodes, but yeah, I'm sure it'll take a while, but eventually everything will be okay. So yeah, follow along. You can wallow with me on twitter and we'll, we'll get through it <laughs> yeah it, kudos by the way to that to the first line podcast that i listened to that first episode you guys did a great job I, I love i love being able to hear that so good job janelle thank you um uh you can follow me on twitter at dk all the way uh and have i'll, I'll have we'll, we'll all three of us like you said we'll be here throughout the year you know, I think some of the stuff that we put out in the offseason is some of our best work that we ever mm-hmm. do as a trio. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll be able to hear us there. But um, I'll have some stuff here. Uh, Lombardi's Bar on Game On Wisconsin, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be wrapping up our regular season stuff here in the next week or so. And then uh, we'll have some uh, some monthly stuff, but we'll have some, we've got some other stuff coming up the pipeline through game on Wisconsin to fill some of that content that I think is going to be a lot of fun. So stick around if you want to check that out. Um, and speaking of Lombardi's bar tune in this week, we have a very special guest joining us again. My only hint for everyone listening right now is that if you've watched the show before and you've seen some of the great guests that we've had on before, it's a guest a previous guest that we've already had on coming on for their second appearance on game on Wisconsin's. See, I, I listened to you and Greg from the word with G. So I feel like I have a good, so idea. you know, yeah, you, I yeah, do. you heard, you heard, uh, previewed it today on in ESPN down let there. The right. it, yeah. now, let uh, the man tease it. Now let the man tease it. Don't, don't steal it. <laughs> let, let the tease lie. No, I, I heard that and I was like, Oh snap, this has to do with Todd's tweet earlier. And now I know the inside <laughs> scoop because I'm a loyal friend and listen to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I can always count on Janelle for that. Um, but yeah, and then also follow the show on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. Give us a re- review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. 
Um, always appreciate everyone that that takes a second out of their day to to listen to any part of our episodes here. Uh, I know the episodes always say 20 minutes a day and we always give you about three times that, but you guys still come back, you listen every day and you appreciate it all. So appreciate all of you listening with us throughout the whole regular season. We move into the off season and draft. We've got tons of coverage, still more to come. It never stops here at the back of day podcast. So until next time, everybody, uh, I don't know, <laughs> hug, hug your loved ones, grab another beer and uh, we'll shake it off in a week or so. And uh, no matter what it is, it always ends with a go pack. Go, go pack. Go. Go pack. Go. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.